Good evening, everyone. My name is Marty Sean. Welcome back to another update of Murders and Mysteries of New England. Sorry, I've been gone MIA for a really long time, actually. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to exactly go MIA, but school kind of caught up with me. I've been sick. I'm currently sick again. Um, if you couldn't tell from my voice, I sound very congested and my voice is kind of dying a little. So, we're gonna try to get through this as fast as possible. But, also, I have another episode set up for tonight. So hopefully I can get that done and uploaded tonight. If not, you'll see it tomorrow. Um, but, tonight's update is on the death of Rita Curran. So if you haven't heard that episode, which I did do an episode on, you can go back, I believe it's a few episodes, and check that one out. Um, but this is an update to that case, so I would suggest going to check out that case first before you come and listen to this update, because then it'll make more sense. Um, but, with introductions out of the way, let's get into it. Just a quick warning to my listeners, this update does contain the topic of sexual assault. If you or someone you know is in an abusive situation... Please reach out to a trusted friend, family member, or medical professional. No one deserves abuse, and no one deserves the trauma that comes with abuse. So, if you took a look at the death of Rita Curran, which I did a previous episode on, you'll know the basic gist of the story. However, you'll know that the murder was considered unsolved because they had no idea who the killer is. Well, within the last week or so, I believe, police in Vermont have identified the killer using DNA found on a cigarette butt and Rita's clothing. The killer was identified as William DeRoos, who was responsible for the 1971 murder of Rita Curran. Uh, William DeRoos lived in Rita's apartment building. He actually lived two floors above her, which is, in my opinion, is really interesting. Um, in the sense that she didn't know him, but he knew her somehow. But... Darus was identified with the help of advances in DNA technology and genetic genealogy. So, uh, if you don't know who Rita Curran is because you didn't listen to the uh, previous episode, which I highly recommend you should, Rita was a 24-year-old uh, schoolteacher who was sexually assaulted, beaten, and strangled. She was discovered by her roommates on July 20th of 1971 in Burlington, Vermont. So, who is William DeRoos? He was 31 years old at the time of the murder. He lived with his wife, like I mentioned, two floors above Rita at the time of the murder. And after Rita was killed, he moved to Thailand to become a monk. But he returned to the United States a little while later. 
1974, DeRuce emerged in San Francisco, California, where he remarried. But in 1986, he died of a drug overdose in San Francisco. He actually died of acute morphine poisoning in a hotel. Which, to me, coming from being a monk to dying of a drug overdose, as I've put it before, is probably one of the biggest villain arcs I've ever heard of. <laughs> um, but for a quick summary of the 1971 killing, um, Rita was murdered um, by a burglar who had broken into her apartment around the time her roommates were home. So this was around midnight um, in July. On July, that night that Rita was murdered, DeRuce and his wife of two weeks had had a fight that night. Um, the wife of two weeks was named Michelle DeRuce, and William had left the apartment to quote-unquote cool down. DeRuce had returned after Michelle had gone to bed. So, during the investigation, investigators had actually questioned DeRuce and Michelle the next morning. The couple said they had been together all that night and didn't hear or see anything. Which, for being two floors above, I could maybe understand, but also I feel like if I had heard anybody screaming in the building I lived in, I would probably hear it, if anything, from two floors above. Um, but that's just my thoughts and opinions. But anyways, DeRuce had told his wife, actually, that if they were questioned again, to not admit he had left the apartment that night because of his criminal history. DeRuce was actually quoted as saying, or they would go after him. Which, now that I think about it, if my significant other of two weeks, mind you, told me to basically lie to the police about where I, they were, I don't know how much longer that relationship would last if I'm being completely honest. But anyways, in 2014, the case was reopened and taken on by Detective Lieutenant, L Lieutenant James Treeb. And a DNA profile was extracted from a cigarette butt that had been found next to Rita's body. The profile was submitted to a national criminal database for DNA, but no matches were made at the time. Which means that the person with the DNA likely never had genetic material entered into the database. Which was possibly done- which possibly was actually because the person did not have a felony conviction. So, in DeRuce's case, he could have a criminal record, but not a felony conviction, which means his DNA would not appear in the database. In 2019, Detective Treeb had reopened the case with a new approach. So, instead of having a single detective work the cold case, Treeb treated the case as if the crime had just been committed. So, he took it as if it was... July 1971, Burlington, Vermont, Rita had just been murdered. A team of detectives and expert technicians were brought in to review and discuss the case. During this new approach, evidence was retested. The team had actually decided to analyze the cigarette DNA using genetic genealogy. 
if you don't know what genetic genealogy is, which I don't know if I've actually explained it on this podcast or not, but I'll explain it again. Genetic genealogy is a process that uses DNA databases for genealogy research to identify possible family members of the person whose DNA is unmatched. Outside genetic genealogy experts had concluded that the cigarette butt DNA had strong connections to the relatives of DeRus. This was done on both the paternal and the maternal side of DeRus. But I don't know exactly which relatives. It I couldn't find exactly who, and I'm pretty sure for privacy reasons these people are not revealed. But Investigators had found a living half-brother of DeRus who was willing to provide a DNA sample. And with this sample, it bolstered the conclusion that the cigarette DNA had belonged to DeRus. Which means that DeRus was placed at the scene of the crime when Rita was murdered. Investigators had also found that DNA left on Rita's ripped housecoat also matched the DNA on the cigarette butts. Investigators re-interviewed Michelle at the time, and she had admitted that she had actually lied about DeRus's alibi. She told investigators that DeRus left the apartment for a brief time within a window of time when Rita's roommates were out of the house. Detective Thomas Chenette did not believe Michelle knew DeRus killed Rita, um, but that she was simply protecting DeRus because of a criminal record. After DeRus had left for Thailand, or no, actually, after Rita was murdered, Michelle had left Vermont shortly after. Her marriage with DeRus had ended after DeRus went to Thailand. A later wife of is had told investigators that DeRus had a habit of sudden outbursts of violence. Which, to me, makes me then wonder if DeRus knew Rita, why would he take out his anger on her specifically? Had she done something to him that maybe would have caused him to want to react poorly against her? If Rita didn't know DeRus and DeRus didn't know Rita, why go to that apartment specifically to maybe find someone in the apartment sleeping during that time? Because remember, her roommates had left the apartment during that time, but Rita was home. So what makes him think that breaking into somebody's apartment would potentially mean that someone could be home during that time? During the news conference, the day was filled with mixed emotions, according to acting Burlington Police Chief John Murad. He was quoted as saying, Ultimately, those emotions are ones of relief, of pride for me and for this department, but mostly of gratitude to a family that has been through an incredible ordeal for more than half a century. Investigators are now unanimously certain DeRus was responsible for the death of Rita Curran. Rita's parents, unfortunately, will never know who killed their daughter, as they both had passed before we knew this information. But 
the case is now considered solved. Which brings joy to me in the sense that an unsolved murder was finally solved. But sadness to me in the sense that it happened in the first place. Like, someone's life is no longer with us. And yeah, it was solved, but it didn't have to happen in the first place, if that makes sense. Thank you so much for listening to this update. I hope you enjoyed this update as much as I enjoyed, well, not enjoyed, but researching about the update and finally putting this case to bed. Even though it is considered solved, the fact that Rita is still no longer with us is still pretty sad. If you enjoyed this update, I would recommend you check out the death of Rita Kieran, as I did do a episode on that, and I know I've been plugging it throughout the up- update, but you really gotta check it out. It's really good. If you enjoyed my podcast episodes, I would suggest leaving a rating on the spree- streaming services that you're listening to this on. And stay tuned for hopefully later tonight, where I will be releasing an actual episode of Murders and Mysteries. Have a good evening, everyone.